0: Right, welcome everyone to Fazlift's podcast, episode 31. Uh, This is the November monthly Q&A. So for those who haven't joined me before, uh, every month in the lead up to the end of the month, I will put out an AMA, or usually on my Instagram, uh, occasionally some questions from the forums as well. Uh, but generally, it just gives people a chance to ask me some questions, and it gives me a chance to uh, provide some value back to my followers and people who interact with me on social media. So I had about five questions in this month, um, a combination of Instagram and also the uh, forums. So let's get started. Uh, firstly, question from my good friend, Mark, uh, from Physiques by Fraz. How are you finding RP training? So far, are you recovering from it? Okay, okay. So I uh, I decided to give some RP training a go. So basically just to give people a, a background into what it is, it's rest pause training. Rest pause training. So kind of like DC style training. So the idea is what I would normally do is I would normally do anywhere between two to four or five sets for an exercise, depending on whereabouts in the block I am. Um, the first set would generally be something in the 12 to 15 range sometimes a little bit higher, 15 to 20 as well. And then I would keep the same weight and have sufficient rest periods. And then as fatigue hits, the reps would kind of drop off. So a typical, say, three or four sets might look like this. Uh, 14 reps from the first set, uh, then maybe like 11, and then about nine, then about eight, something like that. Okay, so all with the same weight on the bar. Reps drop off as fatigue kind of slows me down. Now, what I decided was just to save a bit of time and uh, just to provide a little bit of variety in my training without fundamentally changing what I was doing was to do rest balls. So Whereas the first set might still be 14, I would only take a very brief period and then I would do more sets. So I might only rest 30 seconds, get what I can with the next weight, and then get what I can, get what I can, get what I can. So going from say 14, 11, nine, eight, it might look like 14, six, Five five, for example, uh, with a denser workload. Uh, So the same number of sets, uh, but a denser workload, slightly less volume, but more compacted and more sets to failure as well. So that's kind of the what I was going for. Now, I quickly realised that I just didn't enjoy it. (laughs) Um, It was something that I wanted to try because I knew it wouldn't deviate very much from what I was doing. Like it's not a massive change. Uh, it's still all about getting that big first set, It's still about getting sufficient volume to allow you to progress. Um, it's still all about progression. So it wasn't a massive change. I knew it would kind of like work in the sense that I was still going to probably get stronger. But, uh, it, you know, like with everything, it's a case of adherence. Um, and something that Mark and I have discussed quite a lot is if you go in a gym, you know, you bust your ass, you eat well, you're probably going to progress. The, the minor details are minor, yeah. Sorry, just having a sip of tea. So, I quickly—I did a few sessions with that, and I quickly realized I don't like the style of training because I ended up just getting way too out of breath. Like I do a set of to failure. Let's say I do the squat machine. Now, there's a couple of things going on. So, firstly, the set I did to failure, I would just be a mess afterwards. I'd be breathing hard, breathing heavy. I'd need time to get my mind right again so am I breathing right again am my, I my, my musculature and my system all right again like you talk to me 30 seconds afterwards and it's it's just a horrendous time to be doing another set like you know if it's five or so seconds straight after then maybe I could do something like a superset I don't know an antagonistic superset perhaps um, you talk to me about two or three minutes afterwards and I'm pretty much good to go but like the 30 to 40 second time period that's when I'm the most screwed over like my breathing's all over the place and then I'm having to get back underneath the bar that wasn't fun um then also the other part is after you've done that for a little while your mind starts to play tricks on you because you know full well that you're gonna have to do second third and fourth set with very little rest periods. so you end up um sandbagging the first set because you know you've got all that to come so that was another thing which i didn't really like i didn't really enjoy perhaps if i'd stuck with it for long enough um, i would have adapted but then it's a case of well what are you actually gaining from this and i wasn't really gaining a great deal you know if you it sounds like it's going to be more time efficient, but if you actually look at the numbers, you're saving what 45 seconds per set. Um, and considering that you could probably get away with less volume if you're doing straight sets, um, you may be saving like a, a minute and a half to two minutes per every exercise. That's you know that's not much in the grand scheme of things. You're going to spend more time talking shit to the lads at reception, you know, after your workout, just you know, bumming around. Uh, you're going to spend all that time there anyway. So it's not really much time to save. It's not like it's a massive time saver. So it's not worth it, really. So, yeah, I, in terms of how I'm finding it, yeah, I moved away from it. I moved back to straight sets. Um, I'm back with my training partner now. So I'm doing much more much more straight set work, heavier, taking the opportunity to work with a training partner and push myself a little bit more in the sense that I'm probably taking longer rest periods, um, coming out the sets fresher, um, so I can I can do sets with 90 second rest period and my breathing's okay. Um, but my musculature, if I rested another minute and a half, would probably be fresher to allow me to do more work. So I'm just taking a little bit longer rest. Um, and getting more reps and just having stronger sets overall. Um, just because I've got a partner that I can just feel I can push, I can push just harder. So yeah, I've dropped the pre training. Not something I a like. The recovery was not a problem at all. Like it wasn't a recovery issue, it just became unnecessary. Uh, to do that, and I don't really like getting away from straight sets. I've tried to get away from straight sets, just for a variety, you know, novel stimulus in the past, but really nothing, once you get past a certain level of strength, for me anyway, nothing has really worked better than just doing straight sets in that, you know, anywhere between 8 to 20 range, Uh, and just making sure every set counts, every rep counts. That's the most important thing. And I I just don't really want to move away from sacrificing... um, quality of work for quantity. I don't think that's ever really a good, a particularly good compromise with your goal is to increase muscle mass. So take your rest periods that you need. You don't have to time them. You don't have to be anal about that. But um, take the rest periods that you need to do the next set justice. Now, it could have naturally auto-regulates anyway because when you're a beginner, you just don't have as much of an inward. Or when you're smaller, for example, if you're a small beginner, you just don't kill yourself that much on the set. Uh, bigger bodies take longer to recover set to set. Heavier weights take longer to recover set to sets, so the difference between a small beginner compared to a large advanced guy, you know, it's pretty huge in terms of rest you need per, um, uh, you know, per in between sets. So yeah, just take the rest you need, is is what I would say with that. Um, here we go. So this one is from John Eels. What can people learn from strongman training that differs from bodybuilding and powerlifting? I thought this was really interesting. Um, <laughs> It's, it's really interesting because normally it's the other way around. Like, what can um, strong men learn from bodybuilders and powerlifting? They can learn quite a lot. So strong men, you know, can learn about, how, you know, like training for increased muscle size, training for strength, static strength. Um, in terms of what strongman does differently, I don't know. I don't know if there's that. Much. I, maybe it's because I don't know that much about strongman, but I don't know the applicability of strongman training to bodybuilding and powerlifting. I don't do anything really bodybuilding powerlifting. I mean, I don't know anything strongman related. Um, when I was when I was full bore in training powerlifting, there was always things that I could do which gave me more of a bodybuilding edge. Now, when I was training for, um, when I'm training for bodybuilding, there's always some powerlifting that I can do which potentially gives me an edge but not really. Um, bodybuilding training is bodybuilding training. Powerlifting training, it does kind of necessitate some bodybuilding work because there are some areas of the body which just don't get touched that much with pure powerlifting. So if I was doing my style of training was to always do the big three, almost exclusively, but I would have to do some work for the lats and the biceps, otherwise they would tend to get tendon strains because they would be imbalanced. Um, but in terms of like what can people learn from strongman training, I, fuck knows. I don't know. I don't know if there's any applicability. When I, when I trained for strongman, it was probably the most I had to change my routine around. Um, because everything was completely different. You have to train for just so many other factors. Um, you know, it, 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 it train for the events. Uh, overhead strength was a big one. Training specifically for the events. Training your lung capacity, training your endurance, all that kind of stuff. It's just not related to bodybuilding and powerlifting at all, really. So in terms of what could people have strongman training that differs from bodybuilding and training I I, I, I'm going to throw my hand up and say I don't know. I'm not going to be so arrogant as to say nothing because I maybe I don't know the sport well enough. Um, I'm very confident with what I know about bodybuilding and powerlifting, but strongman, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Who knows? I did two competitions with strongman uh, in strongman. Uh, It's not, I wouldn't say it's my forte. I could give you some bullshit answer, but uh, I'll just be honest. I I can't say it's my forte. My biggest struggles with strongman training were uh, event specific training, uh, overhead strength. And then just agility and endurance; those are all things which you would you don't need those things for bodybuilding, and powerlifting, you know. So you just don't. Um, I if I am gonna I am gonna give you a sort of a secondary answer um, from a kind of a broader perspective. I don't really believe very much in mixing sports. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think it's hard enough for people to excel at one sport, and I, I think people just in general they don't excel. Like, there's a lot of wasted talent around. People try a little bit of one thing, they try a bit of other. they kind of give up, they move around. Um, I think far too many people love to power build, which I think is fucking stupid. Um, I think if you make an impact in one area first, get good at something before you decide to do everything. That's, if you know, if you want to do everything, go to CrossFit and then be good at fuck all, uh, except for getting injured. Um, so, yeah, I don't... I don't. I don't really agree with this whole idea of like amalgamating different sports. That would be just as crazy as like a. Like you don't get like Michael Jordan doesn't sit there and go, well, what can I learn from like Pete Sampras? You don't get that in any of the sports. I don't know why we insist on doing it in strength sports. Really, um, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, like people always look at Usain Bolt's training, and say, oh, <laughs> he's training. His training is ridiculous. It's like, well, he's a sprinter. You know, he's not. He's not a bodybuilder. He's not power. He's not a strongman. He's not doing any of that kind of stuff. So. In a broader broader kind of answer to your question, I don't really like the idea of mixing sports together. You know I don't and people always talk about say, Stan Efferding, but he never did both sports together. He did them at separate times and trained specifically for those sports. So yeah, I, I guess my answer probably more stems from the fact that I don't agree with mixing the sports. I don't think you can like learn stuff from other sports. I don't think that's how sports are actually done. Um, in my experience, when I wanted to be a bodybuilder, I did bodybuilding. When I wanted to be a power, I did powerlifting. Um, if I wanted to do strongman, then yeah, my, my training was set up to do strongman, you know. And I, I sh- when I did strongman, I should have probably done a lot more event-specific training. That would have helped a hell of a lot. But you know, I, I didn't have access uh, as readily, ready access to to, um, to strongman training. So yeah, if, for me, it's a case of I've always been competitive. So I've competed in something since I was 18. If I want to do something, if I'm going to put myself on the line, be judged, go to a competition, I want to make sure I've done everything possible. So if I'm going for a powerlifting competition and I'm preparing for that, in the year, literally the entire year running up to that competition, I'm not thinking about bodybuilding and strongman. I'm thinking exclusively about powerlifting. So that's my answer to that. I I I don't know why strength sports... Always try and amalgamate different things. Like as I say, you, it, you just don't get that in other sports. <laughs> so there's no, yeah, like said there's no, you know, tennis coach out there who's going to start saying, well, yeah, let's try and learn from Phil the Power tailor or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. So I don't know why we do it. it the sports are different enough; they need different training. Unless, you, unless you're at the amateur level, and you don't give a shit. Then fuck it, do what you like. All right. Um, next question, also by John Eels. What are your thoughts on Hathor Bjornson breaking Eddie Hall's five hundred k deadlifts? I'll be honest with you, man. I had to look this up because I'm so out of touch with strongman right now. Um, also, they're not really been publicizing it particularly well on TV. I don't think the, I don't think the world's strongest man that Hathor won was actually publicized as much. I think that year they didn't put it on TV. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. But anyway, from what little I looked up it seemed that Thor did it on an elephant bar, which is supposed to be a different event. So Eddie did it on his conventional bar. Um, so yeah, it's like separate events, but then the power of me says, well, what the fuck do men care about rules anyway? They live with fucking, you know, suits and straps and hitch deadlifts and garden as well. So they can't talk, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you're going to have those issues, you know, it's like it's like Eddie saying, well, I've got the deadlift world record. It's like, well, the deadlift is an event in powerlifting as well, so you're going to have to specify you've got the strongman deadlift record. Um, you know, do you, see, do you see what I mean? Like, it's it's so fucking diluted. Uh, this You don't, you know, even powerlifting is diluted these days. You don't get that with, you, no one can say yeah, I'm the best powerlifter because there's just so many different variations, so many different federations, different rules. Um, I mean, you've got Dave Hoff out there you know, squatting five inches and claiming squat world records. You know, it's, uh... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I think it's like it's it's an impressive lift in its own right, but judge it for what it is. I don't think you can compare it to Eddie Hall's 500-kilo deadlift. If they are comparing it to Eddie Hall's family kilo deadlift, if people are saying like this is officially better, then well, I suppose that's suppose that strong fear, isn't it? I suppose they don't really give a shit, so they can they can deal with that mess all right uh this one's from uh this one's from chris is 200 kilo leg press while sounding like you're giving birth strong (laughs) no (laughs) no it's not this relates back to the same guy who was asking about the 110 kilo decline bench yeah it's not strong it's shit (laughs) um final question is from my buddy harry uh harry heath from um well, I had him on a podcast uh, a few months ago. and uh, I've known him through Instagram. He's also part of um, Team Revive Stronger now as well. But he was asking about um, leg press application towards hamstrings and glutes. And he saw me doing vertical leg press and he, he asked me what was the advantage of vertical leg press over a regular leg press. And I mentioned the way that I kind of use it. It's more for my hamstrings and glutes. So he said, well, He's never really thought that the leg press was particularly great for hamstring and glutes. Why wouldn't you just do curls and hip hinges? Which I thought was a really good, you know, it's a good talking point. Um, that's using a leg press for hamstring and glute strength is not something that's particularly uh, revolutionary for me because sort of unknowingly in my first year, of, well, not my first year, my first like five or six years of training, I did a lot of high and wide leg press, which which did really, really good things for my hamstrings my glutes my adductors and it wasn't a particularly quad dominant movement i mean when i when i squatted uh 227 you can see that on my instagram 227 raw with a very very wide stance kind of like a blaine sumner kind of setup that was all hamstrings and glutes like i had and and adductors my legs were shaped completely different to what they are now like i didn't have particularly great quads back then i had very very good adductors very, very good hamstrings, very, very good glutes. But my quads, they weren't particularly well developed. So that's not a particularly revolutionary statement for me to say that a high and wide leg press, kind of like the position you would put yourself in, the vertical leg press, is good for the hamstrings and glutes. Um, it would be, for me, it would be a controversial statement to say that that doesn't work, the hamstrings and glutes. It, I mean, it clearly does. you know. So for my hamstring training, um, I would go for a combination of curls, Hip hinges and high and wide leg presses, whether that's on a vertical or standard leg press, um, it just yeah, it just works. I don't know. For me, that's as obvious as a hip hinge. Um, I've had plenty of experience with it, sort of unknowingly initially. The reason that I did that unknowingly is I just I was just mimicking my squat stance basically. So um, I was I was very very glute dominant, uh, very hamstring, very adductor dominant, um, and then yeah, years later. I realized when I got into bodybuilding, it was a very well-established kind of bodybuilding technique. It's a good way of overloading the hamstrings without, uh, it's a good way of overloading the hamstrings in a compound way without overloading the back, and that's really the advantage. So curls are great, like curls are fantastic because isolate the hamstrings, and, and that's important, I think. It's just like isolating the biceps, I think it's important, you have know, to do that with completely with compound exercises. Um, and hip hinges are great too, but for me, because I do have a history as a powerlifter, And when I stiff leg deadlift, it, my back takes over. It's just the way I'm built. I've done so many stiff leg deadlifts in, over the years that when I do a compound stiff leg deadlift or remaining deadlift, I almost always feel the stress in my back. I don't get a massive amount of hamstring growth from that. So for me, it's a way of overloading the hamstrings in a compound way without involving my lower back. And I don't necessarily get that from... Hip hinge movements all the time, unless I kind of go super light, and there's always there's always some kind of problem with that. So nowadays, I do I do a Romanian deadlift or a rack pull, um, but it's it's more for my entire posterior, and that's not through a fault of my execution. That's just the way that I lift, uh, or I might do a stiff leg deadlift, stiff leg Romanian, okay, very very occasionally a rack pull, but most more than likely it's going to be a stiff leg or a Romanian deadlift. Um and it there is a tremendous exercise for my entire back and my glutes and my hamstrings, but it but it's yeah, it's probably more back dominant for me. So for me, those high and wide leg presses, they're a very, very good way of isolating the hamstrings in a compound way and the glutes without really involving the lower back massively. So hopefully that makes sense. Um and yeah, if you you know, if you'd like to refute that, that's cool. But um it's uh I suppose it's just one of those. This is a, it's a, it's a fairly well-established kind of like bodybuilding thing. I don't think it's something that massively gets talked about a lot in evidence-based circles because it's more about curls and hip hinges. But um, it's not a revolutionary thing for bodybuilding. Like if you look at old-school bodybuilding, it's it's pretty well-established. Yeah, cool. Right, that's it for today. Fairly short one, I think, but um, hopefully nice and productive. That should set us up for. The final one at the end of the year, I do have another one planned to do with my first year of lifting. So what would a fir- what would a good first year of lifting look like? So um, I'll record that at some point, maybe this weekend. All right, folks, thank you for listening. And there will be another AMA towards the end of next month. So watch out for that. Thank you.